Hi, and welcome to Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving, a podcast series by Tharaka Foundation focused on youth mental health. Before we begin today's episode, I just wanted to let you all know that all content that is found in our podcast is created for informational purposes only. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or therapy. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition, and never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard in this podcast. Thank you so much, and without further ado, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Conflict Management Series. I am your host, Poonam, and I do have Deborah Lafon with me today. She is a licensed therapist working in this field for more than 22 years. She is going to share her expert advice on this subject. If you remember, during the first episode, we were talking about some of the reasons which can cause conflicts between teens and parents. So some of this could be lack of realistic expectation, difference in opinions and personalities, and hyper-parenting. But today, I would like to focus and discuss about the use of technology as a cause of conflict. So Deborah, what I feel about the technology, I'm very grateful to the technology. Because of that, we are talking to each other. We can work from home. Our kids are attending school using technology. However, I'm concerned about the overuse of technology, specifically during these unprecedented times. And I do know a lot of parents are concerned about their teens' mental health and lack of proper sleep. Do you have any guidelines for both the parents as well as the teens regarding this issue? You know, what are the proper use of technology, what to do and what not to do? Yes, hi, Pudum. It's good to be back, and this is a good topic to be discussing today because this is coming up so often, as you now in these unprecedented times. I think it's really important to discuss with both teens and parents about technology. As you mentioned, it's a super useful tool. It's really helpful. It's great that we can do online work and online schooling, but there's a detrimental side to that as well. Even before the pandemic, parents are struggling with what is an appropriate amount of screen time for my child? How much can they be on the phone? How much can they play video games? How much can they be on the computer? So finding a balance with that is really important. Now what I'm noticing is that teens are spending all day at school, but then the rest of their free time is also online screen time. So there's not that balance there, and there really needs some balance to balance there. Parents will probably like hearing that, teens not so much, because Although you do complain to me, they're exhausted. They don't like being in school six or seven hours a day looking at the screen. And when I ask them, what do you do time? It's video games or chatting online or looking at social media, things like that. So I think it's important to have parents set some boundaries for their teens in terms of how much online time they can have. And it depends on the age, but I also feel it's super important for kids, teenagers to cultivate other ways to spend their time or other ways that they can enjoy their time, not just on online time, particularly when they're sitting for six or seven hours. Physical movement is really important just for mental health, for feeling better. 
So go out for a walk. Go in your backyard and look at the beautiful plants. Together as a family, having self-free time, which is go for a walk as a family. Play with your pets. Do something different. Read a book. Do something. Book is not really physical movement, but something different. And I like some parents will have dinner time. It's a self-free time. So or it's a screen free time. So I think that that's really important, but physical movement and whatever the teenager wants to do, oftentimes it's a walk, but maybe they like to do yoga. Maybe they have an exercise machine they like to do, and it's not meant to be a consequence or punishment, but it's so much time spent sitting and not getting movement. It's increasing exhaustion. So that's why teens aren't sleeping because they're tired because they're not, it's just mental stimulation all day. They don't have any kind of interaction like they would at school where they're, moving around and they're talking to their friends and they're doing things. They're just sitting in front of the screen. They really need that opportunity for physical movement. So it's meant to help them. And especially you mentioned mental health needs. It's super important if a teenager is struggling with a mental health issue that they get some physical movement, particularly outside where they get fresh air and they can see the beauty that's outside. So I think that that's really important. It's also important for parents to model that. So if parents are saying screen time, you can't be on the screen or on your phone, 100% of the time, the parents are constantly on their phone or on their screen. It's a little bit difficult to sell that to the teenager that that's what they should be doing as well. So as a family, coming up with a plan, what that looks like and having, even if it's an hour screen-free time, I think it's really important. Thank you so much, Deborah, for that wonderful advice. I fully agree. You know, parents also need to role model that. And as a family, you know, make that plan. Go for a walk together. Walk your dog. Um, even dancing, right? If um, you enjoy dance, right? You can do that. So the challenge right now, what I feel is that's me. I really want my child to eat in a good state of mind, appreciate the food, enjoy, feel the taste of it. You know, when you're mm-hmm. watching TV and eating, I do not think you know how much you need to eat. So how do I deal with that kind of a challenge? Meaning at mealtimes during school, lunchtime or dinner time, or what, what specifically do you mean? So during like lunchtime, now we all are at home. So lunch is right. served. Um, and like while eating lunch, child is watching TV. So he's just coming back from school, uh, that screen, and now glued to the another screen while eating lunch. Right. So then it's important as a fan as parents to set up expectations that when we're sitting down to dinner, that's our, or, or lunch together as a family, that's screen-free time. That also means TV. We have, use that time to talk to one another or, as you said, mindfully enjoying our food. We're paying attention to what we're eating. We're staying in the present moment, which also helps mindfulness. It helps with mood. It helps with so many things. So being mindful about what you're eating is important. Then parents need to, again, follow that, but set that expectation and boundary. When we're sitting down at the table eating together, there's no screens, no TV, no phone, no computer. We just have that time. That's just for us as a family, and that's the family rule. So set that expectation. Expect some pushback because they're not going to like that. But eventually it will become the norm and the expectation, and it's, what, half an hour? It's not a huge amount of time that they have to sit without the screen, but they need to get used to not being constantly stimulated by a screen, being able to have a conversation. Kids aren't able to these days have a conversation because they're so used to texting or they're used to emailing or not direct forms of communication. So it's 
a good time for parents to check in with the kids. How are you doing? What's going on with you? How's school going? When you have that downtime without the screen or distraction of TV, phone, computer, etc. Absolutely agree. So I will keep trying. I think I should not be giving up. That's the message I'm getting yeah, from right. you. Yeah, give up. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you another related question. At what age parents should allow their teens to use the phone? And should they buy a basic phone or give them unlimited plan? What I see with most teens and preteens, it happens usually around the sixth grade. And that seems like a good age because then you can provide a lot of education and information to kids so that as they get older and become older teens, they can understand sort of the pros and cons of technology, the dangers that are there, uh, and you can provide more information and control over that. So when they're younger, parents would have more control over the phone. So I'm saying like maybe they're entering the sixth grade, they can have a phone, but it's not unlimited. They can't have a password that their parents can't see. So the parents need to be able to see what they're doing online. They can't download apps. They can't make purchases. They can't text people that are not in their context that their parents don't know. They aren't, I don't think, should be able to have social media, which most kids at that age don't. So then as parents, providing education as to why. This isn't meant to be punitive. And it's hard because oftentimes their friends have unlimited access. So then it's hard. Under, then that's providing information in a supportive way to your child, I get it, but these are the rules and expectations of our family, and it's to keep you safe and help you understand this is a valuable tool, but it also can be super dangerous. So there's a dark side to having a phone. There's social media, which I feel is super detrimental oftentimes to kids because they see images that are not realistic, particularly young girls. They see they are already struggling with their identity and body image issues and appearance, and then they see these posts on Instagram that are highly edited and photoshopped and think that's the way they're supposed to look. So then they feel bad about themselves or there's so much information. It's way more than they can developmentally understand. And that can lead the more there's been studies, the more that you're on social media or ones on social media, particularly teens who don't have the developmental ability to filter through that, the more it increases depression and anxiety. So it's good not to have those apps. So when they're younger, not allowing them to have that because that's the downside. There's cyberbullying too. Kids need to be aware of that. That that has caused suicides. When someone gets a child becomes so overwhelmed or teen by cyberbullying that they see no out. So this is when you're starting with your child young, providing education, having more control over the phone, then they're more prepared to be responsible as a teen. And they also need to know that not everybody's nice on the internet. And you know, teenagers feel invincible, and yes, they know that. But even young teen Preteens, you need to educate them. There are online predators. There are people out there to do you harm. So you don't give out your your name. You don't give out your information. We're going to monitor what you're doing so we know that you're safe. So I think six or seven grade is an okay time with lots of monitoring, not unlimited use of the phone. They should not sleep with the phone. Phone needs to be accessible to parents at all times. And then as they get older, particularly 16, 17, 18, you've taught them the skills that need to be safe online, and they should have more freedom. They get older, less younger, more as they get older, provided that they show that they can be responsible with that. And then, of course, as their older teens, not monitoring them because they need to practice the adulting skills that they need to move on into adulthood so that they know how to navigate the world without that control. And teenagers are not really a fan of their parents having access to everything 
that they're doing. But if you train them from the beginning and provided the information and they show they're responsible, they should have progressively more freedom on the phone. So I don't know if that actually answers the question. You give them more unlimited access as they're responsible and grow older. Younger, less. Older, they have more freedom if they show they're responsible. And if they're not, sometimes they get a flip phone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I did give the prepaid phone to my daughter um, and only for emergency purposes when she was in seventh grade. And then I gave her that mm -hmm. smartphone um, when she started high school, but not again with unlimited. Mm -hmm. So I think right. that helped us um, to keep that balance. So other thing mm -hmm. what I noticed, like peer pressure, right? As you were saying, kids also feel a lot of peer pressure. And she was questioning me, why do I have basic phone? You know, why don't you give me smartphone or unlimited? So I had to have right. that conversation with her. Uh, and I'm glad, you know, as you're saying, and I'm part of, you know, cyber security myself, and I do know mm -hmm. the dark side. So as a parent, yes. I did educate her from the very beginning, and I'm glad, you know, she understood that there was some conflict, but as a family, you know, we did set up those boundaries. And the other thing, what I did, you know, I tried to enforce that after 10 p.m., uh, there will be no cell phone usage in the house. Everybody, everybody will keep their own phones in a basket. So yes. sometimes it did work, sometimes it did not. But as I said in the right. beginning, as a parent, we have a hard job. We need to first role right. model. And the second yes. part is don't give up. Yes, don't give up because it will eventually start to work. Consistency is the key, right? Don't get discouraged if it doesn't work the first couple of times. But if you're consistent and it's done in a way, what you're describing with compassion, with love, with letting the team know this is for your safety, it's not meant to be punitive. And it's also to help you get good sleep. If you're looking at your screen all night, you're not going to get good sleep. So these are all the reasons. They're still going to push back. That's what teenagers do. But if it's presented in the way and it's consistently implemented, it will happen. It's consistency is the key. Wow, what a great Thank you so much, Jabra, for sharing your insights and helping our community. I'm sure parents are very grateful to you. So parents, tune in for the next session where I will be having more discussion about using social media and playing online video games. I do know this is not an easy topic to talk, um, but I'm ready for having that difficult conversation. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening to Mindful, Beautiful and Thriving, a podcast series by Tarika Foundation focused on youth mental health. If you like our podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Stay safe and healthy. Till next time.